Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thanks for joining me. This week's episode is an interview with ESPN analyst Bill Walton. I'm not sure interview is the right word, though. Bill spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke. So if you don't like me, this is the perfect podcast for you because it's about 98% Bill. And he was interesting as always, um, he was dropping a lot of philosophy on you. A couple of things before we get to Bill Walton. Uh, last week, Joe Buck and Jim Ross were tremendous on the podcast. If you haven't listened to it, please check it out in the archives. We also have a roundtable on The Office from a couple of weeks ago in the archives. The If you're an NFL fan, I, I can't recommend the Brian Curtis interview enough about Fox getting into the NFL business uh, 20, 25 years ago. That was a really great interview. I love doing that one with Brian and a lot of reminiscing about old school Fox and them getting the NFL and building their studio show with Terry and Howie and Jimmy Johnson and um, James Brown at the time. Now it's Kurt Menefee. Get into how they got Madden and Summerall. The, the John Madden stuff is really great uh, with Brian Curtis. So check that out. And um If you can subscribe, if you're not a subscriber, that helps tremendously. Rate the podcast, review it. It all helps tremendously. So please, please find it in your heart to do that. And now we'll get to this week's interview with ESPN's Bill Walton. All right, joining me now, I've been looking forward to this for a while. One of my favorites out there in the broadcasting world. Bill Walton. Bill, how are Please, you? Please, Jimmy, set your standards higher, man. Let's go. You can't just be wallowing around in the muck at the bottom. Anybody, how are you today? I'm great. 
How are you? The rain has come to San Diego. Really? Incredible. It never rains here. This is my hometown. Yep. I was born here 66 years ago. And it's the greatest place on earth. And I'm reading this book right now, The Good Rain, Timothy Egan's first book. And it is all about the history of the Northwest, from Northern California up to British Columbia. Mm-hmm. And it's just... He's, absolutely a brilliant writer and so right on and all the different stuff he talks about and he and it's always coming back though to the good rain to the good rain and while i lived up there for five years i live in san diego now and oh my gosh it is (laughs) raining and we are like yes we get to survive here in the desert for a few more days but as always happens, as soon as it does rain, another million people move down here. Uh, now, but the stereotype is that when it rains out there in San Diego, people can't handle it. Is that an accurate stereotype? No, I'm not into stereotypes. Right. I, I'm into action. I'm into beliefs. I'm into living a life that serves the needs of others and making choices that always puts me on a path that I have a chance to make a positive a positive contribution to a progressive future. And so and, uh, stereotypes, are, they're too general. Uh, but when it does rain here, uh, first of all, people <laughs> don't go to the beach until it's perfect, which right. is basically 99% of the time. And then when it does rain, people just go inside and we read books and we take care of all the business that needs to be taken care of, like talking to my good friend Jimmy. <laughs> now, you said San Diego's the greatest place on earth. I am in... Right. New York City, and everyone here thinks this is the the greatest place on earth. I'm curious what a... You're entitled to your own opinion, Jimmy, even when you're wrong. Listen, I don't think this is... I I think Vegas might be the greatest place on earth. (laughs) I love Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a fantastic place for business, for entertainment, for stimulation, for... food and for all the different you know great things that we search in life and it's also a wonderful bike riding community there really uh, not right in the town itself not on the strip but you go out to the ring of fire you go out to lake mead national recreation area and you go out to red rocks and all the different places there and it is actually fantastic riding and then it's only two hours from death valley which is mother nature's greatest sports arena and i love going out there haven't been there much lately but they just reopened it uh, with a hundred million dollar upgrade to all the facilities there and the roads are perfect and the death valley national park oh my gosh i'm (laughs) the luckiest guy in the world the only issue with vegas for some of us someone like me is it can be a little bit dangerous dangerous if you like to go to the tables so that's not my world. But just all, all, one of the new mantras that I've tried to incorporate in my life, I've always lived this, but I, I haven't really, I wasn't able to articulate it properly until it came to me the other day in a flash. When it, those who are not willing to go, those who are not willing to risk going too far will never know how far they can go. Makes sense. I like that. And, uh, and one of the things that sports, one of the things that broadcasting, that entertainment, that per- performance, that, you know, being on stage, being on the air, being on the court, being in a big business deal is that life of uncertainty that you have to embrace. And, right. you know, sports taught me that early. And one of the major mistakes in my life growing up was that, you know, I, I just didn't expand enough beyond sports. I was so incredibly shy because of my speech impediment 
that I was uh, unwilling to uh, put myself in a position where I ever had to really interact with people other than on the basketball court where I was never shy. <laughs> basketball, basketball, Jimmy, was the easiest thing in my life. Academics were the uh, second easiest thing, a straight-A student the whole way through. Right. And then but, you know, my, my, challenge or, my challenge is orthopedic health and then my lifelong uh, speech impediment. How's that? So to be to be in a culture, in a world that was dominated by Chick Hearn, the greatest broadcaster ever, and what he could Chick Chick could talk perfectly faster than I can think. And Lori, my wife, she always describes my mind as being like a slot machine. Just the wheels are turning; (laughs) you never know where it's going to end up. And, And then. And then I had the great good fortune of, through Ernie Vandeweghe, one of the founding fathers of the NBA as a player, I got to meet Marty Glickman. And Marty Glickman was the person who uh, taught me how to learn how to speak. Right. And when, then, when Marty died, Coach Wooden in his obituary comments about Marty and all his phenomenal accomplishments in life as a human being and what he did to make the world a better place, Coach wouldn't say, but I'm really mad at Marty. This is how he ended it. I'm really mad at Marty because he taught Bill Walton how to speak, but he didn't teach him how to stop talking. (laughs) Well, I think that's good, though. I I, Listen, any broadcaster in this day and age who's not cookie cutter, I I always enjoy, and you're far from cookie cutter. I'm just curious. Since you... I don't eat cookies. Yeah. At all? Ever? No, I used to. Okay. I, I stopped about three years ago. All right. Since you mentioned uh, Chick Hearn and and Marty Glickman, two of the greats, I'm just curious. Right. Do you have Do you have a broadcasting philosophy? What's your What's your goal when you go into doing a game for ESPN or the Pac-12 Network? To make it fun, to make it interesting, right. to make it entertaining. And so that people are enjoying it and having a good time, and that I want to have a good time too. And I, I love being part of a team, and and I love the team aspects of of a broadcast, of a performance, of a game, and 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 I love history and biography and people and struggle and adversity and being able to overcome challenges and be able to figure out a path forward here. And so, you know, when I think back of all the incredible people that I've had the chance to to, to work with on the air, Charlie Jones and Pat O'Brien at the very, very beginning, they're two of the inspirational guys that got me started in this direction, the most unlikely career choice. I mean, come on, I'm 6'11", I got red hair, did have red hair. Now I don't have any hair. And a big nose, freckles, a goofy, nerdy-looking face. I can't talk, and I'm a deadhead. So <laughs> how many other broadcasters? But, you know, I, I made the choice. At the beginning, they looked at me, and they said, get out of here, Walton. We're not putting you on TV. You're going to start stuttering and spitting all over everything and everybody. And then you're going to start talking about Jerry Garcia and Bob <laughs> Dylan and Neil Young. And we can't have that, so get out of here. Uh, but I chased that dream for 18 years. And now that yeah. stuff is embraced because every you know you have a lot of fans on Twitter who love that and it gets uh, every you're you're often, I love the fans, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I love the fans. The fans they make me high, and they you know the the rush you get from the game, yeah, and the countdown, and when Tim Sullivan is counting us down, when Mike Molinari is counting us down, ten, nine. I mean, it's just it's it's you're. Because you prepare so much, you never know how the game of life is going to turn out, and the plan changes every moment. You're standing there at the fork in the road, and 
you know, who would have ever thought it? All the different things that happened to me during the course of my broadcasting careers with guys like Greg Gumbel and Brett Musburger and Dick Enberg and Bob Costas and Ralph Lawler, Roy Firestone, who I'm, you know, all these guys, Tom Hammond, Bill Shomley, Ted Robinson, Ahmad Rashad, Jim Gray. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy yeah. in the world. I get to spend my life because when I had my first ankle fusion on March 15th, 1990, not that I remember the date, but <laughs> I, I thought my life was over. Right. And I, I, I thought, you know, because I'd only been a basketball player and I'd always used the game as a shield. The game was my religion. The gym was my church, but I couldn't talk. I couldn't express anything in, in my life. And I, and I really only thought that, that basketball was it. Now, I've since learned that that was just a total fallacy and it had no basis in reality. Uh, but the, I, I learned that the hard way. And, and, and the faith and the patience that everybody has shown in me, Dan Patrick and Snapper Jones and Mike and Mike from the old days at ESPN, just absolutely incredible. And guys like Barry Frank and Ted Shaker, absolutely You've, fantastic for me. And then the, the executives who gave me the, the opportunities al- uh, along the way, Neil Pilsen, Ted Shaker, Dick Eversall, Sean McManus, Mark Shapiro, John Skipper, George Bodenheimer. Wow. You know, and I've been on some of the most fantastic broadcast teams ever. Uh, Ralph Lawler, 13 years. He's retiring this year, and hopefully they're going to realize the errors of their ways when they have not voted him into the Hall of Fame already. And, you know, too many of my friends they, who have finally made it to the to the Hall of Fame, they're you know, they're either dead or they're totally incapacitated, <laughs> you know, and, uh, Dennis Johnson, right. uh, it was just tragic that yeah. they waited until after he died to put him in the Hall of Fame. Ralph Lawler, you know, that guy, the Hall of Fame is reserved for people who, uh, who make history, who dictate history, who write history, and who change history. And that is Ralph Lawler, 13 years of Clippers basketball, oh my gosh, it was the worst basketball you've ever seen. <laughs> and then it was, and then the, the business practices were, were off the charts, awful. If not illegal, I mean, the, wait, wait, wait. The can checks, you wait? Can the you checks ex- bounced higher than the balls did? Can you expand? But can you expand on that? Day to listen and learn and be with Ralph Lawler. I mean, I had the time of my life. I'm curious about the. You said about the illegal. Can you expand on that? What was what were the Clippers well, doing? Well, fraud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, writing bad checks. Right, right. The. The I'm curious because you just listed all these broadcasters. I I think if if someone says to me Bill Walton, I always think of you and Steve Snapper Jones doing the NBA uh, for NBC back in the day. I love Snapper. Snapper saved my career in basketball. I mean, because I was going to quit. It was just so awful in the early days at the Blazers when I joined. You know, I came from UCLA, which was like the, the perfect and the standard of excellence. And then I joined an expansion team in a place that I had no idea how to survive in a cold-weather climate. When I moved to Oregon, I thought the sun had burned out and the earth was coming to an end. And then I had zero interest in business. I grew up in a non-business environment. My parents, greatest parents ever, no interest in sports, no interest in business. My dad was a social worker, an adult educator, and a music teacher. My mom, a librarian. So I had the greatest childhood ever. But I, I was not ready for the business aspect right. of being an adult, and I was right. super young, and I just wasn't ready. And so Snapper was right there. But you know, over the course of the years, to be able to work with Snapper and also you know 
John Gonzalez, Kevin Smolin, and, uh, and, and then Tom Hammond and Greg Gumbel, that and Jim Gray. What a team that right. was! And we just had, we couldn't wait to get to work every day because we just knew we were going to go out there and just have a great game, great time. And, and but our job as the broadcasters is to make it fun, to make it interesting, to make it stimulating, to make it challenging. It's like when you're a basketball player, you go out there and you say, "Okay, man, this game. I'm not sitting around waiting for this game." of life to fall in my lap. No, man, I'm attacking. I'm going. And, you know, and I learned all that, you know, from Chick Hearn and from Ralph Lawler and from Bill Shonley, who I've worked with. And then, you know, the, the guys who were behind the scenes on a constant basis, like uh, Jeff Twist from the Celtics, Tom James from the uh, San Antonio Spurs, Jim Taylor, Blazers, John Black, uh, Lakers, all these guys, Mike Bass, Tim Donovan, well, Mike, uh, Tim Frank, excuse me, Julie Fry, Brian McIntyre, Matt Enzer, I mean, these people who you cannot survive or you, you, you cannot succeed without them uh, because they're there every day and you just come in for one day and the amount of time it takes to prepare. You know, I, I used to, before I was a broadcaster, but, you know, my life was totally different. I had a lot more time and I was able to do a lot of uh, a lot of variety of things in my life, uh, but but now you you know it's just you, you, because Jimmy, you can never have enough information, mm-hmm. and that one of the great things that I learned from the the, the really great ones was that that filter, that filter to when and what and why all leading to the purpose of what it is that we're doing there. And so, the, you know, these incredible veterans, Dick Enberg, Brent Musburger, Greg Gumbel, Bob Costas, Ralph Lawler, Tom Hammond. I mean, I am the luckiest guy in the world. And, and, and then Charlie Jones would call me up at the early days. He said, what are you doing? He said, get over here to my house and let's sit down and watch something. And let me try, let me try to give you some tips here. Oh, but as Coach Wooden would always say, Walton, you're the slowest learner I've ever had. I find that hard to believe. I'm curious. I'm drawing a blank here. I should know this, and I'm drawing a blank. When you did the NBA with Steve Jones on NBC, was it Bob Costas or Marv or both? Who, who was your? No, it was. Uh, I worked with Bob Costas, right. and I worked with Greg Gumbel and Tom Hammond in the play-by-play. Now, chair. when you were doing the NBA, give me the differences. Uh, did you? I mean, right now, I, I would assume, and I, I, it's always dangerous to assume, but ESPN knows what they're getting with you. I doubt you ever hear from a network executive when you were doing the NBA. Did you ever get any feedback? I hear from my bosses all the time. But nothing negative, I would. All the time. I bet they don't give you any negative feedback. (laughs) Please. Those are confidential conversations, (laughs) Jimmy. But what what about the NBA when you did the the NBA? So the job of the coach, the job of the coach, and that's what the producer and that's what the bosses are. You know, my bosses have been Ted Shaker and Neil Pilsen in the two years I was at CBS, Sean McManus always around, and then 10 years with uh, NBC, that's Dick Ebersol, and he's a very hands-on guy. And and then ESPN, uh, Mark Shapiro and, and, and John Skipper and George Bodenheimer. And so, uh, but, but you know what? And, well, I'll and ask it this just, way. Let me ask you this way. Have you ever had an executive say, Bill, try not to be so goofy or try not to be so out there? Well, that happens every day. From a network uh, executive? Uh, no, that happens from my wife. That's where it starts. <laughs> and, 
She, she she's says, allowed to I say do- that. But then what I- am I doing here? Right. Or what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> but so okay, one of the one of the critical elements of leadership, and these all these guys who I mentioned, they're the leaders, and so they have to be able to say no. And but the culture that the culture that a great leader, whether it's John Wooden or Jack Ramsey or Red Auerbach or Jerry Garcia or Bob Dylan or Neil Young or John Fogarty or Martin Luther King or Bobby Kennedy, great leaders, they have to be able to say no. Right. And still make the guys believe that the sacrifice and the discipline and the pain and the suffering and the losses are all worth it when they say no. Everybody wants to live in the culture of yes, but the culture of yes is built on a foundation of no. And so when you look like me, you get nothing but no. And so that's when you've got to realize, okay, what is important to me? What battles am I willing to fight? What choices am I going to make? I'm standing at the fork of the road every moment, and I'm trying to make the right decision to be on the right side of goodness, righteousness, and living a life that serves the needs of others. I have to say, I read in prepping for this interview. I read that you don't like doing interviews, but I I find I don't that hard. Like it. I don't like talking about me. Okay, I like talking about other people. I like talking so, about how come what you, I'm doing. How what come I'm you doing, don't what the books I'm reading right. and the game I'm watching? How I'm, come you don't? How come you don't like talking about you? I'm I'm, I'm not a self promoter. Right. I mean, I, I I like I don't like credit. I don't like recognition. I don't like acknowledgement. I okay. like work. My fate, my heroes growing up were Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali in the world of sports. And those guys, they worked constantly to make a positive contribution to our world and to move it to a better place. And that's what I like to do. And when I look at my heroes in the world of, 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 of the social issues of the day, I mean, Martin Luther King. Bobby Kennedy, Sergeant Shriver, and when I look at the musical heroes, and, I, and I'm watching this, I'm watching this Netflix show that Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen did on Broadway, yep. and I'm saying to myself, "Wow, this guy, he's got it! What a performer! What stage presence! What substance! What what, what is what your in, what is your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? It's all one song, Jimmy. Uh, you know, I." I'm 66 years old. My life, while I work for ESPN, my life has not been defined by ESPN, which, right. which, which basically insists that everybody lives in a qualitative binary decision-making world to where it's either or. And that's not my world. Right. I like a lot of things. And, when I, and I never rank, rate, or compare okay. coaches championships, concerts, children, or congratulations. I just okay. enjoy them all. We have four wonderful children who are all doing vastly different things, but they're happy in their own lives, they're happily married, they're happily parents, and they're happy for their siblings' successes. And I couldn't thank Lori enough for the job that she has done. Because when you're the broadcaster, you're gone. You're on that road, and and, and you're always – broadcasting is not easy. It's not natural right. for me. 
Right. I am not a fluid speaker. <laughs> it is an effort. It, it is my greatest accomplishment in life, learning how to speak, but it's your worst nightmare. And so here I am, you know, trying to do the best job I can. And then I, and then I watch, I, I say I watch, a, I watch a Mike Greenberg. I watch a, a Mike Tirico, whose brain and whose mouth are in perfect unison. It, that's like watching Jerry Garcia play the guitar. It's like watching Bill Kreutzmann and Mickey Hart lay the beat down. It's like watching Bob Dylan come up with a, with a new song of light. It's like watching Neil Young put together a chord progression and a, and a harmonic sequence that just that changes your life. It's like, it's like watching Nikola Jokic play basketball. Right. And the ability of these other people who it seems effortless too. And you, know, and you watch a Bob Costas, you watch a Dick Enberg, a Brent Musburger, these absolute legends that I had the privilege and honor to, to sit next to. You know, they called my games, and then I got to sit next to them and work with them. And the, the, the brilliance that they are able to deliver on command. And for someone who's a stutterer like me, I sit there and I think, wow, if I could only do that. And then while it, it looks easy, while it looks easy, Jimmy, to those guys, you know, they work so hard. Right. And it's, it just, but one of the lessons in life that I learned from Kareem, who was the greatest player I ever played against, was that, you know, it, it's not about just hard work because everybody works hard. It's the type of work you do based on your intelligence and your plan as to what it is that you're going to spend your efforts on. And, and, and to, have, to have a hero and a role model and a, an opponent and a standard of excellence in my life because you know you don't when you're preparing for whatever it is you do you don't need to prepare for every single opponent you prepare for the best opponent and in every single moment is about okay you know i've got to be at my best here and and then you have a an established baseline that you never fall below but and then you hope that the that the cycles of life somehow fall into place when you absolutely have to be at your best or you have no chance whatsoever. And that's when I, I try to implement in my own life the, the levels of excellence and the constant search of perfection that I got from John Wooden and everybody else there at UCLA, which was such a fantastic opportunity for me. I never regretted my decision to go to UCLA. I know that they regretted offering me the scholarship, but hey, man, I got there and I, I did my best. My best was not good enough, but to have the childhood that I had where everything in my life growing up was like perfect. And, so, and then I had as the overarching figures of education, knowledge, light, hope, optimism, were my parents, who were perfect, and then my first coach, who was exquisite, and then I had Chick Hearn and John Wooden. And, and everyone in my world, uh, in Southern California, those were the two guys that made basketball, which was my dream, my vehicle, my choice, 
they those chicken and, and Coach Wooden were the guys that made it happen because of their relentless work ethic and their commitment to making the world a better place by using basketball and then to have later on in life all the other people from the NBA and then we've mentioned a lot of them but we haven't mentioned David Stern David Stern who was absolutely spectacular in what he did most important man in the history of basketball never shot a basket I mean the guy is just you know he's a little tiny guy out there but he's the most important man in the history of basketball because he made a business out of a game and has driven it to these unbelievable heights where now is and then you watch these players and TV does not do justice to how great these players are mm -hmm. because they're so good they make it look effortless. But you look at these players on, on, on a constant basis and wow. And then the ability that ESPN has contributed to deliver the message. And, and, and that's just such a, a huge difference in the course of my lifetime to where you know I grew up listening on the radio and we didn't have a television in our house. And my parents, you know, they just didn't believe in that kind of stuff. We had radio and, uh, and music and books. My mom was the town's librarian, so every day she'd bring home a big armload of books, and I'd just devour them. And then school was fantastic. I got to interrupt you. I got to play I ha ball. I have to interrupt you. Just, I'm just curious. You didn't have a TV. Yeah. Were you... Um, my neighbor, my neighbor friend had a TV down the street. I was going to say, were you? Did kids ever? You know, were you? Ever, were kids ever talking about a TV show, and you were, you know, maybe jealous or a little bummed out that you didn't have a TV, or no. you were totally fine no. your whole childhood? I not found basketball TV. when I was eight years old. Okay, and from that moment on, I was never bored again the rest gotcha. of my life. <laughs> because in basketball, it's like in broadcasting. It, there's just there's endless opportunities to make a positive contribution. You know, I, I had a bicycle, I had a skateboard, which I built myself, I, I, I had a basketball, I had a transistor radio that cost $9, the batteries that cost a nickel to replace, there was no <laughs> rechargeable batteries in those days. Right. And, then, and then I had, I had the books right. that my mom just brought home right. all the time. And, so, and, and that was my life. And, you know, I've always been, you know, I've always been... Uh, a person who enjoys doing things by myself. I'm curious because you've mentioned the Grateful Dead obviously a few times. When, when, in, in I your, love the Grateful Dead. Right, I know. In your I, childhood though, when you didn't have the TV, music was on in your house. What was the music? Do you remember classical the music? My parents right. are. My, you know, my parents loved classical music. My right. dad was an incredible musician. So you know, it was Bach and Mozart and Beethoven and Liszt and gotcha. Chopin and Rachmaninoff and Mendelssohn and, and the endless list of the classical composers. And it was just beautiful. And I still listen today. Right. And, and I, I, I love classical music. And what's the uh, I, what's the total up to now for Grateful Dead shows that you've been to? Gosh, I'd have to think about it, but I'm I'm getting over the count. The official count has got to be right about nine hundred, but that leaves out the first twelve years, right? Because I started in '67, and then it was in 1979 when ESPN started to take over the world, and all these East Coast guys who just who, who were counting. And I, you know, I live by the mantra of. Don't count the days, make the days count. But everybody would always bug me and say, hey, man, you know, come on. How many shows, Bill? How many shows? I said, I don't know. So I started counting in about 1979. Gotcha. And, and so that, that count is now at right around 900. I'd have to go back and kind of adjust it. I've been kind of busy lately. <laughs> and, uh, now, are you, are you one of these people that 
keeps the ticket stub when you go to concerts? Or? I, I, I always keep the backstage passes. I, you know, we buy the tickets. Right. Lori and I, we always buy the tickets, and right. then we kind of never use them, and we just we give them away at the, at the concerts. Oh, that's because, nice. Uh, well, we, you know, we, we, we like to support the band. Right. You know, we, we never ask for free tickets. We like buying tickets, and that's how, they, that's how they make their money. And while everybody wants other people to do things for free, <laughs> life is not free. Right. And so... You know, they are uh, fantastic friends. They offer them for free, but we, we prefer to buy tickets. But are you? We do, you, know, we, you know, we do get passes, and then we kind of, uh, we just kind of go in, and then we have the tickets, right. and then Lori just goes and gives them to somebody. Are you always recognized when you go to the shows, or can you? I don't know. You don't I don't know. I'm just Bill. I'm just, uh, I'm a, I'm a deadhead, and I'm proud, <laughs> loyal, and grateful. Yeah, I, but I don't. I can't speak for other people. Right. I know you said you. I'm do- the luckiest guy in the world. People have always been nicer to me than I deserve. Right. And that's and that has happened to me throughout my life. And and people have have sacrificed. People have done everything possible to help me reach my dreams. Right. And, and I, I know. And, and I'm very grateful for that, Jimmy. I, I'm. I live a life. Uh, I try to live a life of gratitude and recognition to those people, you know, who 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 built the life and the world that we have today. Right. And I try to express that that gratitude and respect and, and admiration. All right, Bill. I, I, I hang on one sec if you can. I know it's not easy, but hang tight for a sec because I'd have to tell that the SI Media Podcast listeners that. This episode is sponsored by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos. And here's the best part, all commission-free. Robinhood strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. This is a very non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. I am not a big stock market guy, but Robinhood is very easy to use Great app, simple, clean layout. Even a dummy like me can work it. And here's the good part about Robinhood. No cost or commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. And again, like I said, the app is very easy to use, easy to understand charts and market data. And uh, the Robinhood web platform also lets you view stock collections. So there's a lot going on there. You can learn how to build your portfolio, discover new stocks, and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed on Robinhood. And they also uh, give you custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving the SI Media Podcast listeners a free stock like Apple Ford or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at simedia.robinhood.com. That's simedia.robinhood.com. And uh, let's get back to Bill Walton. I, I know you said you don't like talking about you, but I do want to ask one question about you because in, in doing okay. some research and reading about you, you've obviously been through hell with with health issues, with the pain, with right. the, with the ankle, the foot, and then the back. How are you now? Are you? I'm doing uh, fantastic. Great. Okay. Good. So, like, I, I, I've I'm ten. I'm coming up on ten years. I'm uh, I'm one month shy. Or you, you know what? I, I think I'm. Let me just. What's the date? What January fifteenth. Okay. So I'm about three weeks shy of 10 years from my spine surgery, right. which was the toughest thing I ever did. That, that date was 
February 8, 2009. And it was the toughest thing I have ever had to do in my life. And and everything changed from that point on. Uh, My my understanding and concept of what it takes to succeed, uh, my personality changed, uh, you know, because I spent half my adult life in the hospital. I spent all of my adult life in chronic pain. And I never thought that I would be free of pain. I also never thought that I'd be happy in love. But today, I'm 66 years old. I've never been busier. I've never been happier. My life is better than it's ever been. And I haven't been this healthy since I was 13 years old. Wow, that's great. I never thought going through so much of my life that I would ever be happy in love. And I love Lori today more than than I loved her the day I met her. (laughs) And... Now I can't say that I I can't speak for Lori. I can only speak for me. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And when when John Wooden in his last public comments, the last thing he ever said in public was, "I made a mistake in the pyramid of success because I left the word love out of the pyramid of success." And love is the single most important word and emotion in our world, in our culture, and in our lives. And like everything else he said the first time, I had no idea what he was talking about. Today I do. And I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how life works, because you said that that back surgery was the hardest thing you've ever had to go through, but obviously, right, and it, was, but obviously it was worth it, because here you are Well, it, it worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. And yeah. I'm out of, you know, it, everything is relative, and one of the things that you learn is the, the, the notion, when you've been on the, on the edge like I have been for all these years, and now you're old and in the way, you learn tolerance, patience, perspective, and relativity. Right. And if anybody had ever associated those four words with the name of Bill Walton, you'd have to seriously question that person's sanity. <laughs> but I'm so lucky. I mean, the guys that I've... I've been on some of the greatest teams ever, and the no. people that I get to meet through this aspect of what this conversation is about, and you know, those people, they have such an incredible impact on your life, and you see them, and you learn from them, and you laugh, and you think, and you cry with them, and the, and the ups, the, the highs are so high, and the lows are devastating. You know, and... and Either way, whether it's up or down, you can't sleep when it's over. And it it takes the recovery, oh my gosh, and the bounce back. But but that's where the the physical fitness element and the training and the discipline and all the different things that you go into the next game, because that's what I love. I love the next game. I love the next sunrise. I love (laughs) the next song. I love the next book. I love the next bike ride, and I love that long, hard climb. (laughs) Jimmy, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Thanks for having me, and thanks for letting me dream on your time. Can I ask you one last question? Sure. Is there? You you obviously seem like a you live day by day. You don't think too far ahead. You take everything as it comes. Is there anything on the bill? You seem like you've also done everything. Is there anything on the bill Walton bucket list? Like what have you not done that you would like to do? All I ever wanted in life, Jimmy 
was more. And I got that chance. Ten years ago, I was going to kill myself. My life was not worth living. I lost because everything. Because of the pain from the back injury? Because of the pain. Right. Because of the pain from my spine. Right. You know, when you, when you have that unrelenting, debilitating, excruciating nerve pain right. that is just burning through your body like a being submerged into a vat of scalding acid that has an electrifying current running through it and you can never get out and your life is just meaningless your life has nothing and it just it hurts so bad and it just burns and you're just you're just begging screaming crying please turn it off and the only way out you see is death what stopped you what stopped you though from doing it uh, my friends and my family, they just kept telling me, they kept calling me, they kept showing up and saying, Bill, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Hang on. You can make it, Bill. You've got a chance. And, you know, whether it was my wife, Lori, whether it was Jim Gray, whether it was the friends in the Grateful Dead, whether it was my older brother, whether it was our children. I didn't tell anybody when this was all happening, mm-hmm. but a few people knew. And you know, I, I just went from being on TV every day to being on the ground and unable to move right. and and i lost everything including my dignity my self-respect my job my income i lost everything mm-hmm. and when that happened it was the worst thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't i couldn't imagine anything being worse than that right today i look back at that that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, Jimmy. That's a that's quite a comeback story. And now I'm on your show. Well, I what have more to, could I? I don't. I don't know if any company has offered you a podcast, but you absolutely should have a podcast. <laughs> What's a podcast? You just sit and bullshit all day. That's all. Oh man, that's all. Well, you know, I, I love to work. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, and I love, I love knowledge. I love science. I love technology. I love people doing things to make stuff and to build. And I, you know, I, I had all these phenomenal people in my life that were able to show me these remarkable paths forward in my life. And I'm, I'm just trying to yeah. get, I'll get on that climb one more time. But All right. the rain, the rain is still coming down. Well, I appreciate we it. I appreciate your time. And, uh, Jimmy, thanks for your kindness. Thanks for your patience, your nope. generosity, your vision, your passion, your humanity, your moral compass, and your ethics. <laughs> but mostly, Jimmy, thanks for my life. Hey, I'm glad you came on. I, I am glad your story turned around, and I appreciate all of the content you provide people like me who write daily columns on the internet during your game i love the barack obama for ucla coach suggestion a couple of weeks ago with dave pash (laughs) Uh, dave wasn't down with it but i'm down with it i thought it was a great idea i do too (laughs) that guy's fantastic i love barack obama uh have a great day you too all right thanks much love jimmy okay you shine on all right here we go (laughs) take it easy bill all right. Well, that um, wraps up definitely the most uh, surreal interview I've ever done. And uh, yeah, I just really couldn't, um, I couldn't stop him. That was a freight train. He had a lot to say. And uh, I'm just going to 
try to sync it all in now and see what just happened. So my thanks to Bill Walton, as entertaining as always. Hard not to like that guy. And it is really an amazing story when you think about it. Back pain is... Anyone who has back pain, you, they, they, they have suffering that people don't know who don't have back pain. It, it is brutal. And uh, for him to come out of that the way he has is, is pretty tremendous. So um, great story there at the end by Bill. I thank him for joining me. Uh, and uh, check out the archives. There's some good stuff in there. Joe Buck and Jim Ross were on last week. We had a roundtable at the office recently. Uh, I love the interview with Brian Curtis a few weeks ago about Fox getting into the NFL business. So if you uh, have time, get into the archives, check those out, subscribe, rate, review. It helps tremendously. And that wraps up this edition of the SI Media Podcast with Jimmy Trana. We'll see you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.